His Eminency the Pope is readying the canons to lead the Catholic Church in a wildly more liberal direction than either of his two predecessors. We'll talk about that, plus Andy Stanley's response to some criticisms on his stance of his, quote, biblical Christianity. Kevin McCarthy is out as Speaker of the House. Are Republicans who moved for his ouster really prepared for who could replace him? They had a plan A. What's their plan B? And we'll put a parental advisory on block number three of the show. We're going to be looking at some different woke pushes, including the idea that parental rights need to be done away with and that sexual abuse of children might be a good thing. All of it today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. It is Wednesday, October 4th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Glad you're joining us. Mitch Prosser, Justin Hall, fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. We got all that in. Pope Francis, this according to NBC News, opened the door Monday for some Catholic priests, Mitch, to bless same-sex unions. Only some. Now, I admittedly am not a member of the Catholic Church. We have friends that are. We have friends that are. Um, I have deep theological disagreements. <laughs> we have friends that are. That's kind of sounds yeah, like yeah. So I'm not. I'm like, not a racist. Yeah. Uh, I. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have deep theological differences with the Catholic Church yeah, at large, yeah. and and we can work all those out on a different time in a different place. Pope Francis outlined several major caveats. Now, as recently as 2021, the Vatican said it could not condone same-sex unions because, quote, God cannot bless sin. But on Monday, the Pope signaled that there could be some exceptions, apparently. We're switching things up. Apparently, God cannot bless sin, but in certain circumstances, maybe he can. Quote, we cannot be judges who only deny, reject, and exclude. He said in a letter to five conservative cardinals who asked for clarity on the issue ahead of a major global gathering that begins today. Though the Vatican policy has not changed, Francis's comments have been seen by some LGBTQ plus Catholics as a huge step in undoing the marginalization. Now, really quick. Uh, the letter was published Monday by the Vatican's uh, Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. He was responding to a list of dubia doubts presented by five conservative cardinals from Asia, Europe, Africa, the United States, and Latin America. They challenged him to reinforce the traditional Catholic teaching on same-sex marriage and other thorny issues like women's ordination. Francis, in response, said that there may be forms of blessings requested by one or more persons that could be granted on an occasional basis. He called for the clergy to show pastoral charity, including kindness, patience, understanding, tenderness, and encouragement. I'm sorry, I only know of two of those that are gifts of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit. I could be wrong. The Pope made it clear that these unions do not convey a mistaken concept of marriage, which he called the indissoluble union between a man and a woman, naturally open to procreation. He also believes same-sex unions are not morally acceptable from an objective point of view, and they should not necessarily become a norm. But wait. But the emphasis on allowing these unions on a pastoral basis rather than an official basis could be a reference to several Catholic priests in Germany who have recently openly blessed same-sex marriage in direct confrontation with the diocese. Now, 
This is not too different than what's happening here in the United States with Andy Stanley. But when it comes to the Pope, the definition of Catholic literally is universal. Correct. It is the universal church. That's why in the Apostles' Creed, you yep. you, you believe we believe in the holy we believe in the in the in the Catholic Church. The church universal is how the creed terms it. When you have a pope move so far to the left as this. Now, the previous popes, Pope John Paul II, mm-hmm. who spoke at the horseshoe, uh, let me orient myself there, um, that way, and uh, Pope Benedict, who are both ardently conservative. Um, and by conservative, I mean they just believed in the basic doctrine of the church. Mm-hmm. To now a pope that says, you know what? We can't bless sin because God doesn't bless sin. Okay. But there are some circumstances where maybe you should show some tenderness and kindness and bless the same-sex union. Now, that doesn't mean it's the same, but you should bless it nonetheless. Yeah, it seems like there's... The, and and we're going to... This may be the theme of the show today, especially as we look... Well, at least blocks one and two. There's a vacuum in leadership. Yeah. And we've said this for some time, Justin. And what's frustrating... I, I mean, downright irritating yeah. at times is the lack of ability to discern, the lack of ability to use judgment. And I'm not throwing the Pope under the bus here, but he it, it, he says, listen, we believe that we believe that same-sex unions, same-sex marriages are unbiblical, but leave your butt out of it. It, it. If God's word is true, then every man is a liar. If God's word is true, then anything that contradicts God's word is not truth. Period. End of discussion. Drop the mic or whatever you're holding to speak into. Clearly stated, leadership, biblical leadership, means that a person trusts in the word of God, leads from that position, and does not equivocate, does not back down. But we're going to carve out space. Now, I believe that we can still be kind, we can still be loving, and we can still be graceful while we tell the truth. But the truth of God's word cannot take a back seat to niceties. The truth of God's word cannot take a back seat to, well, we'll carve out a space over here. It can't be done because the moment we allow marginalized marginalized groups to become the norm, then we're the camel's nose under the tent, the foot in the door, whatever you know, whatever euphemism, euphemism allegory you want to use happens. Yeah, and uh, you know, we there are certain things that the church has done over time that were necessary. Yeah, and I, you know, I'll, I'll speak into one. I think that it's good to go to a raci- racially, ethnically diverse church. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And one one has said that in Southern America, the eleven o'clock hour on a Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in uh, in during the week. I, you know, I go to a white church. I go to a black church. Well, you know, my church I think is kind of like a brick and then tan sided. It, it's pretty cool looking place. Um, you should come check it out sometime if you if you want to know more. And you're in the Blythewood area. Let me know. Um, There were churches, and there are still churches. It's an unwritten rule, but there were churches that it was a written rule. Uh, black people weren't allowed. 
That's wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. Racism has no place in the church. By the way, there's only one race. It's the human race. Correct. This is different. This is clearly different. Romans chapter 1 and other texts explicitly mention the sin of homosexuality. And more. Yeah. Giving over to the debased mind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we cannot allow God's word to take a back seat to passivity in lack of judgment based in fluffy love. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of back seat and fluffy love, let's uh, go to Atlanta, Georgia. Careful. Careful. Let's go to Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> uh, God rest Charles Stanley. I, along with many other people across the country, uh, listened to him most every morning getting ready for church if you got up you know, oh, early yeah. enough to listen to him. With the him. blue choir robes in the background? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, and, and, the, and the world, like the, the world, it was like the, glo- oh, uh, yeah. the, the map. Yeah. Uh, and that Charles Stanley sadly uh, for for us maybe yeah. uh, passed away earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, good for him, bad for us. Um, he wouldn't want to come back. His son Andy he uh, certainly want to wouldn't want to come back now. Andy is the lead pastor, and I'm putting pastor in quotes at this point of North Point Community Church. North Point Community Church um, a while ago hosted the Unconditional Conference. It was a pro-LGBT conference. Sure. I refuse to say otherwise. Two of the main speakers were literally men married to other men, actively participating in a homosexual relationship, which is against the Word of God, Mm -hmm. period. Now, Stanley's message this Sunday, he took some time to address some criticism from... Others in the church, not maybe his church, but the church at large. <coughs> One of those critics was friend of the program, Albert Dr. Albert Moeller, who is the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, might might have some understanding of doctrine. This is what he said a couple of days ago. Albert Moeller said, As a theologian, I just feel a responsibility to say that what this represents is a departure from historic normative biblical Christianity. I think both sides understand this is the most basic disagreement we can imagine. So are sex and gender. It's over ontology and being. It's over scripture, the authority of scripture, the interpretation of scripture. It's over God and the gospel. It just doesn't get any more basic than this. But I do recognize the gravity of the words I'm using when I say that what we see here is a departure from historic, normative, biblical Christianity. I say that because I believe that's exactly what it is, and I believe Christians ought to take note of it. The Georgia pastor... Now, again, his sermon this week wasn't live-streamed. Intentionally? Every other service is live-streamed. This one was Mm. not. That was intentional. Wolf in sheep's clothing. I continue. The Georgia pastor reportedly said, quote, he never subscribed to Moeller's view of historic biblical Christianity. This is from Andy Stanley, quote. Never subscribed to it. This version of biblical Christianity is why people are leaving Christianity unnecessarily. It's the version that causes people to resist the Christian faith because they can't find Jesus in the midst of all the other stuff and all the other theology and all the other complexity that gets glommed on to the message's bottom line. That version of Christianity draws lines, and Jesus draws circles. 
He drew circles so large and included so many people in his circle that it consistently made religious leaders nervous. I agree with you, Andy. Jesus did draw circles. Jesus brought in the marginalized of society. He dined with sinners. But do you want to understand something, sir? I'm not going to call you pastor. Do you want to understand something, Andy? When the people ate with Jesus, Jesus didn't leave changed. They did. They did. When they had an encounter with God on foot, they're the ones who left change. They're the ones who repented. They're the ones who were cleaned. They were the ones who were made well. They were the ones who were changed, not Christ. He continues. Stanley went on to explain that he supports, quote, the view that biblical marriage is between a man and a woman, but then he added these qualifiers, Mitch. Naturally. And this is is what we're talking about. (laughs) Naturally. The same thing with the Pope. Well, marriage is between a man and a woman, but... Carve out space. But. Now, one of the greatest phrases in all of Scripture is, but God, right? This, but God, and then we get a a reconciliation, we get a mediation, we get renewal, we get the good stuff, if you will. This is not one of those cases. He explained, some who struggle with same-sex attraction are convinced that traditional marriage is not an option for them. Well, I mean, that's possible. I mean... Any, sure. Sure. And as such, commit to living a chaste life. But the pastor continued. Pastor. Quote, for many, that is not sustainable. So they choose same-sex marriage. Not because they're convinced it's biblical. They choose to marry for the same reason many of us do. Love, companionship. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Love's love, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Love is love. Any hmm. pastor who says, you know what? This person who's struggling with a sin struggling with a sinful lifestyle, you know what? They might find it's just unsustainable to not sin, so they're just going to sin. And You know what? We need to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That is not biblical. That inherently is not biblical, and I'm not going to pile onto the homosexual stuff here. No. I, that's anything. That's anything. If any, You're struggling with a sinful practice. That, you take measures. Yeah. You take measures to stop. And then this version says, well, if it's not sustainable for you, then go ahead. Give in to your base desires. I'll be careful because we haven't quite issued the uh, parental warning yet. Um, but if you got small children and you don't want them to hear what I'm about to say, just plug their ears or turn it really down so you can only hear it. That's like saying pornography is just pornography. It's no big deal. Well, no, 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 no. It is a big deal because it's not it's not good for you. But, but if you can't we can sustain, carve out a space. If it's not sustainable for you, you know, to not view it, then go ahead and view and, it. And it's and fine. Uh, pleasure's just pleasure's pleasure. I mean, not that big of a deal. <sighs> it started with the let's unhitch ourselves from <sighs> the Old Testament. It is a big deal, by the way. Um, well, it started long before that. It started that long was just, before that with him. But this is one of them. Y- yeah. Um, in 2018, at the end of the sermon, the Old Testament is divinely inspired, but ar- but he argued that it should not the go-to source. It should not be the go-to source regarding any behavior in the church, which I find fascinating. First century church leaders unhitched the church from the worldview, view system, and really, right. no, they didn't. By the way, what scripture did the New Testament church have outside of the words of Jesus? And and by the and way, letters of Paul, what, which weren't canon scripture. But yet. what is what do Jesus and and Paul both quote? Old Testament frequently. Okay, never mind. Old Testament just, frequently. Just curious. You can't have all of God if you don't have the whole book. Because what Andy refuses to talk about here is that the entire Old Testament looks forward to a reconciliation, looks forward to the coming Messiah. 
the New Testament, yes, the New Testament, Paul's letters to the church, Peter's letters to the church, mm-hmm. outline church order. Sure. That is true. Including John, Jude, and for that matter, Revelation. First and second, Timothy, yeah. all. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we discard the very words of God that were written divinely inspired by God through man, Genesis through through Malachi. Right. We can't avoid that. Avoiding that is avoiding Scripture. Avoiding that is avoiding the Word of God. And in John 1, 1, we read that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I'm so glad that the God of Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, and Job is still the God of Paul, Peter, and John. And who's still the God of Kevin, Justin, and Mitch. Thank God. Like, God didn't change. His God's view of homosexuality has never changed. God's view of sin in general has never changed. Unfortunately, Andy Stanley's view has changed. Has changed. And I'm not, I mean, sorry, but this is apostate behavior. And I, 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 I give warning from this table, and you take it for what it's worth, and I don't claim to be a theologian, and I'll never claim to be a theologian, but I do try to read the book. <laughs> I do try to read the Word, and uh, this is not biblical. And if you claim to be a Christian, you can't look at this as a biblical perspective. Now, moving on, because uh, we spent more time on that than I thought we would. Kevin McCarthy has been removed as Speaker of the Kevin House. McCarthy who? Yeah, exactly. Um, now he did this. He gave he gave the um, National Freedom Caucus. He gave his constituency and the Republican Congress men and women the ability to have the nuclear option. He yep. said, "If you don't like what I do, then at any time you can recall me as Speaker." Well, guess well, what? Guess what? The gate has been. I'm sorry. The gates has been opened. Ah, ah, see what it did there. All right. Well done. Lay the mat down. Matt Gates moved to vacate the chair. What was really an awkward picture was Matt Gates arguing from the Democrat side of the House Hmm. with Ilhan Omar sitting behind him. Hmm. It's very strange. Uh, Yeah, I've got to read something. Continue. There's a fascinating uh, parallel here um, uh, about Matt Gates. The uh, so I, yeah, go ahead. The California Republican told his conference shortly after this vote he's not going to run for the job again. So Kevin McCarthy will not be Speaker of the House. This is unprecedented; it's never happened before. Correct. Eight Republicans defected and voted to remove the Speaker, including Nancy Mace of the First Congressional District here of South Carolina, and Andy Biggs is another one that, that voted, along with six others, uh, five others, not including Matt Gates. The argument is that Kevin McCarthy didn't keep his promises. Um, that Kevin McCarthy wasn't a good speaker, that Kevin McCarthy didn't slash the budget, that Kevin McCarthy didn't put more people on the border, that he didn't close the border, that he didn't do all these things. So immediately we got to blow it up. Well, now it's been blown up. Mm -hmm. Now it's been blown up. Um, I will tell you that our government is the height of dysfunction. I'm good. Listen, I'm good with gridlock. I think gridlock is good. Because it's less time they have to mess up my life. I think gridlock can be a good thing. However, there is an issue when it comes to shouting at the clouds ah, and not having a plan B. 
here's what I saw, and I shudder because when I saw who put it out, I thought, oh, this may be the only time that I ever quote these people. The Lincoln Project um, put out a tweet, X, whatever you want to call it, last night that said Gates is wanting to oust McCarthy for siding with Democrats. So Gates is siding with Democrats to oust McCarthy. Well, stop clocks right twice a day. I mean, so that Lincoln Project. It, it, it's right you're right. It, it's it's wholly ironic that Matt Gates, along with seven other Republicans, including one of South Carolina's own, Nancy Mace. Now, whether there's something personal there, whether there's seems uh, to be with McCarthy's reaction. Well, uh, whether there's whether there's principle or personal matter i don't know I think this is all personal i'm going to assume that it's principled because he said personal we'll just balance it all out and it's all principled matt gates deciding that he is going to side with democrats to oust mccarthy after he accuses mccarthy of siding with democrats pot meat kettle it's all it's like the clown driving the car with the door on the front you know what i'm talking about pulls into the driveway and says, y'all hop in, we're going to go get the, the real clown here. Um, Yeah. How many people can fit in that little car? So who's in charge now? Hmm. Representative Patrick McHenry is the acting speaker. Uh, that means very little, although he is although he is moving to like kick Democrats out of their offices, which I find wasn't he nominated during the January debacle? Uh, I think once and it, but he's not going to be the next speaker. So what happens next? This is according to PBS. As of now, it is unclear who House Republican whomst House Republicans <laughs> will nominate for the speakership. Some left the chamber determined to vote for McCarthy again, but that's not going to happen because he's already said he's not going to run again. Some members have been broaching consistent candidates like uh, Steve Scalise, Tom Emmer. Other names that have been brought up are the chair of the Republican Study Committee, Representative Kevin Hearn, chair of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan. I could get behind a few of these. Uh, Scalise, Jordan. There's there's another name, Mitch, that's been floated. Oh, yeah. That's a name that everyone knows. It's a household name. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, last night. You got the tweet? On X. X. The platform formerly known as Twitter, as apparently everyone's required to write in their stories. Here's the The tweet. The only candidate for speaker I am currently supporting is President Donald John Trump. He will end the war in Ukraine. Now, again, he's Speaker of the House. I don't know how he does that. He will secure the border. He's Speaker of the House. I don't know how he'll do that. He will end the politically weaponized government. Again, he's one man. I don't know how he does that. He will make America energy independent again. Again, I don't know how he does that as Speaker of the House. He will pass my bill to stop transgender surgeries on kids and keep men out of women's sports. Now, again, I would like for more people than just one to vote on that. Yeah. He will support our military and police. Okay. And so much more. He has a proven four-year record as President of the United States. He received a record number of Republican votes of any Republican presidential candidate. We can make him speaker and then elect him president. Hey, I have a question, though. Did Marjorie Taylor Greene vote to oust Speaker McCarthy? No. Oh. She voted to keep Kevin McCarthy. Wait, but so you're you're telling me— Don't think about it too hard, You're telling me she's also part of the three-ring circus? Don't think about it too hard, man. Does she put red lipstick all the way around her face to form a clown? Probably. I'm not calling— Marjorie Taylor Greene, a clown. Am I? Maybe. Who knows? Um, By the way, the House is still in an impeachment inquiry as well. Wait. Called, called by? Called by Kevin McCarthy. 
Mm. Apparently, he worked with Democrats too mm. closely. I, so, Mitch, so, you you brought up, and I'll set the table for you here before we move to yeah. to, to a new Winthrop poll and <laughs> then Block C. Wunderbar. There, there is a situation. Oh uh, yeah, an understatement. Yeah, in the House where there's no clear consensus on leadership, and it appears that the House GOP caucus is fractured, and by fractured I mean like Brew McCoy injury on Saturday, I th- like I, bad. Yeah, I think we're talking like yeah. It's a deep divide. It's well, it's not a deep divide. It's deep divides. At least three, if not four, five, six, seven. So divides. when the camp is divided by three. Okay. And you only have an eight-seat majority-ish. Ish. And we saw how that defection helped mm-hmm. the Democrats here. Mm-hmm. You have a theory. So, yeah. So, let's just say uh, we're going to play a game. And like it's games. called Political Pendulum Swing. And and we, we, we talk about the political pendulum sometimes and at a macro level how it swings from left to right year over year, every presidential or congressional cycle, two to four years. I want to I do a political pendulum swing that could be micro, as in this coming Tuesday. Let's just say that Marjorie Taylor Greene, from the floor, nominates Donald Trump. Now, there will be a few, a handful, a baker's dozen or slightly more, that go along with that. I, I'm going to say at best she gets 30 votes. At best. She gets 30 votes to implement a non-member of Congress as Speaker in former President Donald J. Trump. Mm-hmm. If that happens, do we sing, uh, see a massive, very quick swing of the political pendulum back to the left and Hakeem Jeffries becomes the speaker very quickly. And it doesn't have to, this doesn't take mountain moving. This doesn't take a lot of strong arming. It takes four, six, eight Republicans who say, you know what? That was crazy. We need... We need somebody who's sensible. We need someone who understands how this body works. We need someone who has at least half of the chamber in consensus. And you know what? To maintain order in the people's house, the people's chamber of the Congress, we will go along with, I'm trying to think who it would be. Will it be Clyburn? Will it be? It won't. It won't be Pelosi. Mm-mm. Will it be a Republican who stands and says, "I nominate, I nominate Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries to be Speaker of the House." Well, that might that might not happen now. Breaking news. Oh, from Stephen Newcomb of the Messenger, formerly of. Uh, the Hill, Jim Jordan has just confirmed to reporters he's running for speaker. Way to pop my bubble. Sorry. Uh, Republicans need to unite around a candidate, Jim said. So Jim Jordan is running for speaker, and I believe that he gets the right of the party, and I believe he still gets the center of the party when it comes to the House GOP caucus. He would be a great great speaker. speaker. 
I think he will. He um, will also wrestle you to the ground. The, I think the question is, does he provide Gates and that right wing of the party, the new nuclear option once again, yep. to blow it all up? Yep. Or does he say, you know what? You nominate me as spe- you will, you you choose me as speaker, and you get what you got. Yeah. yeah. As as my mom and their nana has taught my sons, you get what you get, and you don't pitch a fit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Matt, Marjorie, Lauren, you need to get what you get, and quit pitching a fit. Um, and I don't get me wrong. I think there is a place for disgruntled discourse, but it has to be constructive. No longer. Listen, this is further proof and evidence that we are in a vacuum of leadership, not just politically, but as the Pope and Andy Stanley have, whether whether they wanted to or not, have shown us and revealed, we are in a vacuum of leadership in the church. People of faith, people of courage, people of conviction are looking for a leader. And as my South Carolina granddaddy used to say, there ain't one. It ain't to be found. We have got, we have got to be a people who will step up decisively, constructively, Make decisions, mm-hmm. and consequences be darned. Yeah, we have got to lead, and we can't keep letting this charade continue. Well, we have a lot of prima donnas and Charade. folks who want to be famous uh, in our in our political discourse. Not did, not a recipe. Did for Biden success. say anything about this? Uh, no, 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 he no. He his was more specifically about the CR getting passed, and oh, it we did something. Yeah, okay. Cool. So, speaking of Biden, though, before we get to our final segment of the day, uh, a new Winthrop poll has been released, and it is indicative in South Carolina of a change that's happening in other states as well. With just under five months until the 2024 GOP primary here in South Carolina, half of South Carolina Republicans say they're most likely to support Trump for the Republican nomination. The big news is who's second. Nikki Haley. It's not Santa Santos. He's it's actually Nikki, five points behind it's her. It's Nikki Haley. 17% say they'll support her nomination. That is well ahead of Ron DeSantis. That's not all. A New Hampshire poll has Donald Trump at 49% mm-hmm. and Nikki Haley at 19%. Ron DeSantis at 10%. My goodness. Now, again, as as I've talked with people uh, in the area and as people have – when people talk to me, typically they ask me two different questions. What do you think about what happened on Saturday in college football and then who's going to be president? (laughs) It's a weird life we lead. And I've said for a while that, you know, you need to keep an eye on, on Nikki. And that's not an endorsement at all. It's just the keep reality. an eye on her. The reality is she's been hanging around. She's 
she's working her tail off, as is Ron DeSantis in Iowa mm-hmm. and New Hampshire, and, and I'm sure the others campaigning are doing the, the same thing. At the time of this recording, Ron DeSantis is landing in South Carolina. Yes, he to is, be here he in is the speaking state. in Spartanburg And I'm today. sure that somebody else, Nikki, Tim, will be here in the Tomorrow. next couple of days. And Trump was just here a couple days ago. So we're going to keep having that influx of people moving through uh, here and through and all, all around. What I believe needs to happen, though, and I don't think I'm alone in this, is we need to winnow this field. Because after the last debate, we didn't have a recap of the last debate. Go look at a train wreck, and there you go. Um, Doug Burgum needs to go. Chris, Christie, Chris Christie needs to go. And Asa? Asa's gone. And Mike Pence? Mike Pence needs to go, and I don't really relish in saying it. But the polling data would say that a senator from South Carolina probably needs to go to. Hold on. Uh, no. Let's, the polling let, data tells so, me. So both, both, um, yeah, both of these polls, the New Hampshire and the South Carolina poll, both released today. Yeah. Trump at 49 and 51. Uh, and I'm just going to give you New Hampshire, South Carolina, top and bottom. Haley, second place, 1917. Yep. DeSantis in third place at 10 and 12. Mm-hmm. So slightly better in South Carolina. Yep. Mix up at fourth, Christy and Scott, both at six. Christy in New Hampshire. Yep. Yeah. And then Ramaswamy at in fifth at four and five. Scott and Christy switched places. Um, in New Hampshire. Fifth, fifth in New Hampshire, and Christy is fifth at four and two. But then you have Burgum, Pence, Hutchinson, whoever Heard is. Will Heard. Yeah, uh-huh. Congressman from sure. Texas. Uh-huh. Um, He's already dropped. There's out. four or five that are garnering 0 to 2%. Heads up. If you're at 0 to 2% in any given state, and you're considering whether or not you should pay the filing fee to be on the ballot, don't. You're wasting people's money. Get behind somebody else. Yeah. Whether it's Donald John Trump or whether it's Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis or Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy, or Tim Scott because they're the only people polling above 2%. All right, so let me – okay, so the field needs to go from 8 to 5 then. What needs to happen is these polls, we aren't getting a clear picture. We really aren't because there's too many options. There's not really a clear picture other than that Trump is far and away the leading candidate. Yes, but if the second place person were to consolidate some of that, maybe even the third place as well, you would see this divide like this. It would go maybe. And what what could happen? What well, could I'll ha- tell you is supporters of Pence and Christie aren't going to back Donald Trump. Mm-mm. They're not. They're not. Christie Christie's whole campaign is I I don't like Trump. I get it, but two percent of the Republican field. It doesn't move the needle. It doesn't move the needle. But what I'll say is this. Right now in South Carolina, Trump leads by 34 at 51%. If you add the next four people, they're only at 40. Yep. 40%. So that means the plus minus is 44 and 51 is uh, five. Yep. Uh, So it's a MOE of five. Man, the, the silence is deafening, isn't it? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to say here. Haley, DeSantis, and Scott better start moving the needle now. 
now. Yeah. Like, well, DeSantis goes yesterday. on with Bill Ma- DeSantis goes on with Bill Maher and actually gets a good reception from a left leaning crowd. With sure. Bill Maher sure. did a good job on that interview, interview, and he's starting to attack Trump a little bit more, which I think he should have been doing earlier, just kind of separating himself from him. But Vivek Ramaswamy is saying, "I love Donald Trump. I loved his presidency. He's the greatest president ever." But I think I should beat him in this election. It makes no sense. And then, and then you have Nikki, who's Pope. She's in the most advantageous position mm-hmm. because the, the the Republican Party is kind of split in a couple different factions. Trump only. Lean Trump but can vote for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Anti-Trump. Yeah. She's she's that she one who can get the other. Sides. She chips both sides. All I'm saying is, is as we get closer and closer to the Iowa caucuses, the Iowa caucus result is going to go a long way. I'm looking for in the determining waste. how this field gets winnowed because the Iowa caucus is weird. Iowa poll, and I mean weird in the best way. I mean, I mean weird like Iowa, Iowa State, the Cy Hawk game. I, I, it's crazy. By the way, by the way, oh, okay, here we go. Last Tuesday, my goodness, Trump blowing him away, fifty-one twenty-one. DeSantis at twenty-one per twenty-one points. Trump at fifty-one. Haley at eight. Yeah, and there. Scott and Pence both share six points while Ramaswamy has five. Yeah. The field's going to get winnowed after Iowa for sure. Oh, yeah. And, and it's definitely going to get winnowed after South Carolina. I think it, the primary could be over after South Carolina. It, it will be over after South Carolina. I, I think a lot of people think Super Tuesday is still going to play. I'm sorry. The road to White House is paved through the state of South Carolina. We pick presidents. Whoever wins Outside South Carolina, it, it's it's over. Outside of one, Newt Gingrich, and he was the right pick. He was the right pick. We we we, we chose, got that one right. We got that one right. Everybody else got that wrong. Y'all got y'all voted for a guy who creased his jeans and wouldn't eat barbecue. <laughs> Correct. So really quickly, speaking of Ron DeSantis, I want to get to this story. Um, yeah. In April, in April, this is coming back up because this law just went into effect. Mm-hmm. But in April, Florida Senate committee has unanimously passed a bill that would give the death penalty to those who commit sexual crimes against children. That bill was signed into law by Ron DeSantis. It has now gone into effect. So in Florida, if you commit sexual crimes against a child, you could face the death penalty. Hmm. To which this person on Twitter, at that time Twitter, now X, responds, the amount of people not understanding that this is going to be used to kill trans and queer people is making me lose my mind. Did you, do you not realize what you just said? Do you, you, you want to catch that again? You want to run that back one more time? One more thing. We're not going to show the video because we don't have time because we're already oh, thank taking goodness. up too much of so your time. we don't time. have to do the parental. I don't have to do the parental guidance. I also don't have to use a black bar. Yeah, we were going to have to there's cover a, up part of the There's video. a young lady question mark on on social media. A and, young and lady. Thanks to our, thanks to our uh, uh, friend of the program, Libs of TikTok, uh, uh, for finding this on X saying that parental rights is a sham to heck with parental rights. If a child needs a blood transfusion, the parents don't have the right to tell to tell the doctors not to give them a life-saving blood transfusion, so parents shouldn't be allowed to tell them, no, don't lop off my kid's genitals. Was that too far? Was that too much? I probably should have given the parental warning. So to heck with parental rights. Do we not? I mean, it's clear, isn't it? It's clear. San Francisco Gay Men's Choir kind of said it. We're coming for your children. And they said that was tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> that was real. Yeah. That's the plan. That That's the plan. Sadly, they have many people's children already. We're going to trans your kid. If we trans your kids, and if you don't want us to trans your kids, we'll take your kids away from you. Joe Biden's already said they're not your children. They're our children. 
That's from from his mouth to God's ears. Hillary Clinton was saying, what, 25 years takes ago? A village it takes straight. a village. Yeah. yeah. So all of these things to say that if you want to help fight against the mutilation of children and minors in South Carolina and across the country, join us. On November 6th, First Baptist North Spartanburg, bringing Chloe Cole to the Palmetto State. It'll be stop one for her. She'll be in yep. the low country the next day. But she'll be in Spartanburg with us on Monday, November 6th. We have a General Assembly-type meeting at 7 o'clock where she's going to tell her story. That is free to the public. Free. No strings attached. Not charging you to be there. If you want to be at a, free. If you want to be at a VIP event at, the, at that location just before the event, you can go uh, to our brand-new ticket site. Um, that's uh, Can we post it in the show notes? We can. We'll okay. post it in the show notes. Ticket Bud. Ticket, Thank you to Ticket Bud, ticket by the bud. way. Um, Overcoming so, the Eventbrite yep, censorship. The Eventbrite debacle. Um, you can go to TicketBud uh, to the event page there. You can purchase VIP tickets to the VIP reception. And if you believe that your voice shouldn't be canceled, if you believe that the message of Chloe Cole and Palmetto Family, for that matter, should have a platform, then I encourage you to sponsor this event. We have four different sponsorship levels. We have a ministry. Uh, we, we have four of them. I'm, I'm going to consider that hero option. It's uh, it's uh, our highest option. But if you or a group of people that you know want to get together and help sponsor this event, we encourage you to do so because we need help to have our voice, your voice, platformed because they're trying to stop your voice. Right. And they're trying to stop our voice. So, they tried. They failed. Yeah. They, they asked us to back down and shut down. We're going to double down. We're not backing down. We are going to stand boldly for you and with you to make sure that parental rights, children, are protected and yeah. safe. Here, not just in South Carolina, but as long as we can across the nation. And this is uh, an event not only to hear Chloe's story and to better understand what children are facing Mm -hmm. in today's day and age, but also to kick off our Help Not Harm campaign in South Carolina as we seek to help these children who are dealing with gender dysphoria, which is a mental illness, and and not harm them and not use it to delude them. Speaking of uh, sexual delusion... And weird, crazy sex stuff. The <laughs> famously hot Pride coming up. up in a couple of weeks. So get ready. We're gonna. I'm. I'm sure we'll have some material from that, and uh, we'll be talking about that. And I'm sure they'll talk to us too. They'll talk yeah, at us. Talk, they'll yeah. talk at us. I think. No, we're looking forward to that. Really, super excited for that to be happening two blocks away from this building. That's all the time we have on today's program. Again, if you want to learn more about Chloe Cole and what's going on on November 6th, go to our website, palmettofamily.org. You can click on the tab, Stop the Insanity. If you want to learn more about our Help Not Harm legislation, click on that tab as well. If you want to be a part of our email newsletter, scroll down to the very bottom of the page. There you can do that. If you want to invest in the work that we're doing, go over to the Invest tab. Click there. We'll be happy to partner with you as we seek to make South Carolina a better place to live, work, and raise a family. Also, if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, make sure you click that little bell. Subscribe. It's free. It's free to subscribe. We're not charging you anything. You gave them a lot of homework. This program is free, guys. Listen, we aren't charging you anything. We're doing this out of the goodness of our hearts and because we feel like it's important for all of us to be on the same page to know what's going on. It's all free for you. If you're listening on podcasts, five-star rating and review, share this with your friends and family. Let them know what's going on. I think this is one... A wide-ranging episode. These We have these from time yeah. to time where we talk about a litany of different issues. And if you want to learn more about the culture and the news and the Palmetto State from a biblical worldview, this is the place to do it. We are the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. Our entire team at Palmetto Family, Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. And God bless.